Okay. We'll see. This might work. We'll see. I don't know. Okay. Welcome back to Alpha Whiskey Tango. This is the third time I'm trying to do this right now. <laughs> Papaw's, Papaw's getting tired. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're going to see. It keeps cutting us off at two minutes, but we're going to try this again. And this is our last try. So if it doesn't work, then we can whatever. Okay. They'll just have to wander, won't they? They'll just have to wander. You'll have to read God in a Foxhole <laughs> if you want to know anything about Papaw. Okay, so this is my Papaw, Vietnam veteran. Uh, he he joined the Marine Corps uh, right after he graduated. Like, when did you go to boot camp? How many days after graduating? Graduated high school 17th of May and was in boot camp the 21st of May. Okay. Then you went to the infantry training. And you were, your, your initial job was 0351. Yeah. But that's not what, that's not what he ended up doing. Went to Vietnam, got on the job training to be an 0331 machine gunner. And I think that's basically as far as we've gotten so far. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah. that's basic. Yeah. Okay. All right, and then you you served with first battalion, ninth marine, yes, third marine division, Delta Company. Yeah, we called ourselves Death Defying Delta, and everybody else called us Dying Delta. <laughs> That's sad. <laughs> and then you guys were also referred to as the Walking Dead. Yeah. Um, when I got to the fleet. I think the first training I got in the Marine Corps, they, in, they sent me to basic machine gunners course. And about halfway through the course, the instructors learned that I had a grandpa who served with one nine. And at the time I had no idea what that meant. I just knew Papaw served with one nine. <laughs> and they were like, you're an idiot. You're going, your homework is no longer over machine guns that we're learning. Your, your, your homework tonight is now going to be to write a paper over 1st Battalion, 9th Marines and what, what exactly your papa went through. So I think that was the first time that I realized what you did in the Marine Corps. Um, and do you remember them? They, they called you. They were like, call him right now. <laughs> they oh like, yeah, yeah, that's we, right. They wanted to speak to the legend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was a fun experience. Oh, that course sucked, but it was fun. I liked learning about machine guns. That was fun. I think that was my favorite thing to do in the Marine Corps: was shoot those weapons. It was, it was a fun mm -hmm. weapon. But you shot the M60. Yeah. Which was when. When I was in, it was, we shot the M240 Bravo, yeah, which was basically the updated version yeah. of the M60. Yeah. Uh, what was your rank when you got to Vietnam? When I got to Vietnam, I was a private. Mm -hmm. Got to Vietnam, but then as soon as we got there, it was PFC. Yeah. Uh, six months later, I picked up Lance Corporal. Mm -hmm. You didn't get ranked very, very quick in the Marine Corps back then. Right. Uh, if you went eight years and you was a sergeant, you was doing real good. <laughs> and now I think you have to be a, a staff sergeant within eight years or they put you out. Yeah. You're not, you're not doing what you need to be doing. Yeah. Lollygagging. Well, they, a uh, lot of tests nowadays. Mm-hmm. 
say they don't care how how oh what's the word I'm looking for uh, uh, how tough you are or anything you just got to be smart nowadays yeah. yeah definitely a lot of testing yeah online stuff I know yeah I was a lance corporal for 16 months before I got promoted to a corporal but that was because I was lollygagging on doing all the online testing. Mm-hmm. I was too focused on just doing my job. <laughs> that's, that's all you have to do is the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. So I've been reading this book. It is called Matterhorn. It's a no- novel of the Vietnam War. It's written by Carl Marlantes. I cannot pronounce his last name, M-A-R-L-A-N-T-E-S. And the last time I was here visiting with you guys, we realized that it's written the it's written uh, in the point of view, mostly in the point of view of Lieutenant Mellis. And then we realized that that is Carl Marlantes or Marlantes. He was writing it in his point of view and just changed his name and probably everybody else's name in the book. But... Yeah, so he um, writes it from his point of view when he first gets to Vietnam, and um, that's basically these most of these questions is going to be from the first part of the book, and this is going to guide my interview. So um, on page thirty-three, they talk about being you know short on water, short on maps, and. Basically, just low on supplies and everything in Vietnam. So that was that was a big issue. You guys, yeah, had. always, yeah, always. They had a hard time keeping resupplies to us. Uh, it's either rainy, foggy, because mm-hmm. we was way up north. We was up in the mountains. We wasn't mm-hmm. down in the lowlands. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was. There's always issues. Yeah. Never once in a while we'd get back to a a rear area, which was Camp Carroll or Camp Evans. And it was just a little outpost is all it was. Mm-hmm. A place where we could get cigarettes and mm-hmm. some pogey bait. And- <laughs> Pogue, that's what it was. Personnel other than grunt. <laughs> that's what we were called. That's what I was thinking earlier. <laughs> but, it, uh, but we never, yeah. never did without except one time that I can remember, and, uh, and that's when we was up in the DMZ, and they couldn't get nothing into us, no chow, no nothing. We was only supposed to have been up there three days. We took three days' supply of chow, and we got up there, and we spent 21 days, and we went from three days all the way to 21 without eating. We didn't have nothing to eat. They couldn't get supplies in. For 21 days? Yeah. And it was monsoon season and rain and fog and choppers just couldn't get in. It would have yeah. been too dangerous for them to fly through that fog. Yeah. But they was, there's a lot of times that, you know, they just, the hot LZs mm-hmm. uh, couldn't get in. So right, it was, it wasn't a picnic per se but no. it wasn't all bad either <laughs> i mean we we had some times that we had fun and laughed and played lots of cards played yeah yeah some of the guys played chess they tried to teach me chess and mm-hmm. it didn't work just couldn't <laughs> learn chess not in that environment so play checkers checkers oh yeah, yeah. okay <laughs> that's fun marbles 
No, no. didn't have no marbles. <laughs> We'd have thrown them at people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's what I was in the book. They talk a lot about the hot LZs, which if anybody listening doesn't know what that means, it means the landing zone, there's enemy in the area and they're going to shoot the bird down. So that, that bird, those pilots refuse. They're not going into that, that hot LZ. Well, some of them would. Some of them. But um, those pilots were those heroes. Were, yeah. <laughs> Big time. Yeah. So the food in this book, they talk a lot about mixing the food, their MREs up. Um, no, they're C rations. The C rations. We, we didn't have MREs. Yeah, we call them MREs. Yeah, they, that's two different, complete. Yeah. MREs is not bad. And C rations wasn't bad. I mean, if you could heat them up and, and like I said, you could take your cheese can and put in your ham and limas. Mm. Or you could take your your pound cake and mix with your uh, peaches, uh, even the fruit cocktail cake. Mm. It was good. <laughs> of course, we wasn't we wasn't too picky about what we yeah what we ate. Yeah, so, especially yeah when there's times you don't know when the next time you're gonna eat. Well, it, like I'm sure. up in the DMZ, we we cooked grass and uh, chewed on tree bark. Oh, no. But it was, you know, cooked grass, you would think it would kind of taste like spinach, Uh but it don't. It tastes like cooked grass. (laughs) So. Yeah. Oh, that. But it's, like I said, we, I can remember one time, me and the other team leader of the other gun, we was playing chicken. I don't know if you know what chicken was, but that's when you took a knife and you threw it at each other's foot okay, and you had to move yeah. your foot over to the knife and uh, who could get the closest. No. And old Price kept telling me, he says, Jones, you better move your foot. I'm going to get close. I said, I ain't moving my foot. He said, I'm going to get close. And I said, I ain't moving my foot. He threw the bayonet and the bayonet went down through my boot between the big toe and the toe next to it. Just perfect. Oh, no. All the way down. Said stuck into uh, one of the pallets that we're standing on. He said, but anyway, we laughed about that. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so was your boot ruined? I'm sure. No, I kept it. I, I that's the ones when I got sent back to the rear because I really wanted to keep them boots. But when I caught malaria and they sent me to the rear, oh yeah, they took all your clothes, your boots, your mm-hmm. everything. You know, yeah. destroyed them. So. But I was going to take them boots and have them bronzed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> With the hole right through it? Yeah. So, yeah, malaria was a huge issue. Yeah, that's that's what got me out. Uh-huh. But I I just don't think I could have took any more. I was 13 months over there all together, and my last month was hospital ship in the rear area and then come home. Yeah, and that was all. You got malaria then after getting shrapnel. Oh, yeah. To, yeah. Yeah, that was my last we just come out of, well, we come out of, I can't remember, it was on that operation up in the DMZ, and I can't remember the name of that operation. Hmm. But anyway, I wasn't feeling good while we was up there. That's where it was. We was so wet, so cold. Hmm. But I started coming down with fever and mm-hmm. the chills. And hmm. anyway, our corpsman, 
kept telling me that I'd have to go see the senior uh, corpsman to mm-hmm. get out of the field. And I said, I don't need out of the field. And he said, Jones, you got malaria, I'm afraid. So anyway, after a while, you get tired and you say, I'm going to go see the senior quack. So, <laughs> yeah. so anyway, sure enough, I had malaria. Yeah. They, okay. they sent me back to the rear or to the rear. I went to Delta Med. Delta Med, they sent me out on the hospital ship, USS Repos. Okay. And I was out there for probably 10 days. And that's when I really got to eat. Them Navy guys knowed how to eat. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's funny. I'm sure they were, they stayed, they stayed, they kept their bellies full. Yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. A lot of this book, well, a lot of the beginning of the book, you know, it's you, you watch the character, you read the character development of Lieutenant Mellis, but in the beginning of the book, he's kind of like, he, he, is doing this in hopes of, you know, getting a medal and then maybe becoming a politician someday. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we read his Wikipedia and, and found out that he did eventually, what was it? The Navy cross that he was yeah. awarded. Yeah. So I got to finish the book and see what happened to him. But yeah. Um, you refused your purple heart, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mom's got it. Mom or mom went and got it. Yeah. uh, I never, I didn't want to be tagged. That's what they called it when I was over there. The corpsman would tag you and it'd go in your record book. Mm -hmm. And plus your parents got a A letter, a letter or a telegram stating that you was wounded in combat. And my mom, she had, uh, there was two of my brother and me was over there at the same time. He was in the army. Hmm. down south and I was in the Marine Corps up north so I didn't want her knowing anything about getting hit mm-hmm. so anyway I didn't didn't keep the keep the heart or didn't ask for it okay we can pause this well, you ain't well, going nowhere it don't look like we'll resume we'll resume okay like I, I don't know if I said it in this this recording but we're in the garage <laughs> So it might be loud for a moment. <clears throat> so, yeah. Okay. Well, was it a grenade? Yes. Yeah. We was up in the DMZs when uh, I got that one. Uh, <coughs> was hitting the chin. They threw a grenade over. They was trying to knock the machine gun out. And they, they threw a grenade. And it landed... Probably, and it, it was a dang Chinese chai is what they're called. And they weren't as deadly as our hand grenades. Okay. But anyway, uh, they depended on them things, just picking up a lot of debris, rock, and what little metal was in them, and just anything to put you down. But okay, my, I told my gunner to get down. Uh, he got down, put his head down. And I just leaned back on my elbow and was was watching it because it was on a slight hill and I didn't want the grenade rolling down on us. Okay. So it went off. I raised up and told Ed, I seen where the grenade was coming from, and I told him to shoot the bush. There's a big old bush in front of us, and that's where the little goop was at. That. Mm. So anyway, 
I raised up and I seen blood on Ed's hand and I said, Ed, you're hit. And Ed started wiping the blood off and he looked up at me and said, that ain't me, that's you. Oh, God. And by then, blood had run down in my eye. Oh. So I wiped it out and I kept telling him, shoot the bush, shoot the bush. Oh. But he did and the chai comps quit coming anyway. Oh, so wow. Ed got him. Nice. God. But that was the first... Purple Heart. I got two, really. Oh, really? Yeah. The second one is right before, I can't even remember the area we was in. Hmm. But I didn't know about the second one. Yeah. We was, well, you know, the bad thing about this was the older you get. Yeah. The 21st of May, and that's what's funny, it was the same day that I graduated or went into boot camp. May, I got hit. That was my first one. The second one was up in the DMZ. Okay. The first one was when I got hit in the chin was at Cam Low. Oh, okay. Outside the village. I think it was outside of Camp Evans. Mm-hmm. I think. It was either Camp Evans or Camp Carroll. Oh, okay. So, oh, and wow. then that second one, of course, never, never did get hit. But mm-hmm. the first one is what your mom uh, she got a hold of the corpsman mm. that doctored me. Okay. And Doc Baxter remembered me. Okay. And anyway, he put in for the Purple Heart, and I got it, and then I give it to your mom. Okay. Because she's the one that got it. <laughs> <laughs> so. That's, yeah. That's so crazy. So was this, there was the first one in your chin, and the second one was the side of the yeah, head? Yeah, side okay. of the head. And that's when uh, we finally got out of there. That's when we was up in the DMZ. And I just, God had promised me that on the 21st of May that uh, I was going to be all right. If you want to know that whole story, like Brooke said, get the. Get the God in the fox. God in the foxhole. And mine's the first story in there. It's the first story in that book? Yeah. Okay, I need yeah. to. I need said, to. Read, that, read that story. That was the ambush. Yeah. Okay. New shaped ambush. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, anyway, God told me I'd be all right. And anyway, the, the one up in the DMZ, I had started doubting God. When I know this, when God tells you something, mm-hmm. he's not like uh, we are. <laughs> when he tells you that you can take it to the bank, mm-hmm. you're going to be all right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I started doubting him up in the DMZ, and finally the fog lifted. We got the chopper started coming in to get us out, mm-hmm. and my gun was was always seemed to be the last one on the last chopper because mm. guns had to set up security. Yeah. So anyway, we got on the last chopper and it started lifting off, mm. and the jungle just started getting smaller you know and mm-hmm. of course the back doors they didn't have doors on them things they just had a ramp but you could see out the back and a voice come up out of that jungle and said i told you you was going to be all right <laughs> and that's when i got malaria <laughs> <laughs> and, and didn't have to go back out in the field anymore and i was so happy because i just don't think i could have done any more combat combat is not what yeah. What most people think or what television shows. Right. 
you know, it's a, it's just, there ought to be a law against war. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, if people want to fight, let the, let the presidents fight. That's what I think too. We wouldn't have any more wars. Yeah. It's, but I would do it all over again mm-hmm. if I had to just, just for the country. Right. Yeah. It is, it's, yeah, it's something that I stew on a lot and that I talk about on the podcast a lot because yeah, it's, it, when I joined at 18 years old, I didn't know what I was doing. I knew <laughs> I had family in the Marine Corps and I knew I, I went and watched Shayla graduate and thought that was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Just, and it is. It is. Yeah. But, but still yet, there's a bunch of crap you gotta. Yeah. Yeah. After all the glory stuff, it's all yeah. the crap that comes along with it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, it, yeah, Zach, Zach Bryan, he's a music artist. He was in the Navy, but he. Uh, well, we won't hold that against him. <laughs> he has a song. Uh, um, I can't remember what the title of it is, but a line in the songs is. Um, uh, it's. Man, I think it's East Side of Sorrow is the song title. But he talks about, what does he say? He says, um, uh, they ship me off uh, in something. And I don't know. Basically, he says, you, you don't you don't even know what you're fighting for. It's like, it's yeah, yeah. It's just young men just going to serve their country and not, not really understanding you know the whole point of everything and and when it's all said and done what have you accomplished right a bunch of blowed up buildings yeah a bunch of dead civilians okay. dead good men cuz mm-hmm. military won't take sorry men yeah <laughs> you a- know so you, we just lost yeah. thousands of of good men mm-hmm. you know so and still happening today oh yeah cuz the cuz the presidents don't have to fight yeah Mm-hmm. You know, they just send send kids to do their job. Exactly. Yeah. Another artist I really like. Uh, it's a metal band, King Eight Ten, and he has a line of his song where he says, um, "The poor men, you know, poor men fight the war." Man, now I, I, my brain's not working. <laughs> but poor men fight the war, and uh, it's it's young men for or old men for counsel and young men for war. That's what he says. That's it. Yeah, and if it was, you're right. If, if they, you know, if you got to, if, if it's just the old, if you just gave the old men swords on the council, put the, okay, you guys go sword fight. If that's what well, you want to do. And <laughs> you know, like uh, my dad always said, uh, let old men fight in wars. They tell them generals to go to hell. Right. They ain't, they ain't going nowhere. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. so that's, that's the only reason they use young kids is because kids won't uh, say anything against them. Right. And say, but old men would tell them to go off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's a part in the book too, that I wanted to bring up where they're on patrol and it's Lieutenant Mellis. It's like his first kind of in, in contact with the enemy. And he's, it's, he's having to choose who to send up to go like what gunners to, to go forward and, and, be the ones like on kind of on the front lines to go They're They're taking incoming fire. And he's like, well, who do I pick to go up there? And then he, he's talking to, um, yeah, he's talking to the radio operator and he's like, uh, 
To hell with him. Send a fire team around to the left. We'll cover with mole if they get into the shit. Who do you want to go? And so, yeah, he was talking to con man, the radio. Yeah. And he, he says, well, now it's con man's turn to play God at age, at age 19. And he just, the kid shuts his eyes and he's just like, right. Or he just has to, <laughs> you know, pick somebody to go either die or. Well, that's where, you know, something, I don't know, you know, like I said, you could talk to any battalion, any company, any, any squad, and it's all going to be different. I know when, when the shit hit the fan on us, it was guns up. Hmm. We was always called on to get up to the front. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and without the gun, you ain't going nowhere. Right. So, but that was, I, I don't know why he was having that, unless his guns got knocked out. And that's very possible because the gooks didn't want them guns around. Yeah. So. Well, that was, yeah, that's what he said. Gun up. He whispered to Skosh. Skosh, Skosh, Skosh was the, was the radio operator. Yeah. So he's telling, put Vancouver with his machine gun 180 from it. And then it was, yeah. So yeah, 19 year olds are over there having to pick their yeah. buddies to go forward and. Yeah, it's a dirty job, but somebody's got to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, another part of the book, they were, they, it, I, well, it was that same part, actually. It was just um, after the the firefight. They thought that they had maybe gotten two of the Viet Cong. Is that what they were called? Well, we fought NVA. Oh, uh, NVA. Viet Cong was down south. Okay, okay. You know. Yeah, so the, yeah, they thought it was two of them that they got, but after, after just radioing with the the guys back in the rear, and they had also called for fire, and so they're basically, long story short, they ended up with 10 kills confirmed. And they're like, that was not 10 kills. Well, you, you had to have a... Big body count. <laughs> yeah. You know, said. And sometimes you would. I know my gun and old Price's gun, in one day, we was credited for 365 dead NVAs. Oh, really? So, yeah. All together? Yeah, after- both guns. Okay. Yeah. Because we didn't do the little three-round bursts. <laughs> when, when you opened up, you opened up with belts of ammo. Mm-hmm. You, My barrel was hot. Yeah, very, very hot. So it's a, yeah. you cover a lot of territory. Oh, yeah. I wanted, I remember you telling the story about there was this one machine gun team, this NVA machine gun team that you guys just kept coming into contact with. Yeah, it was up in the DMZ. Yeah. And finally, was it two Marines of yours on patrol? Yeah. You want to tell that story? Yeah, they... (laughs) They just, every day we was getting hit by that same dang machine gun. And, and you know, we was up there, you know, like 25, 26 days. Okay. But anyway, getting hit by that same thing day after day. And those, those two grunts, they just, they just got tired. And we was all tired. I think we would all been happy if we'd all been killed. Mm-hmm. But they said, the next time he opens up, we're going to, we're going to end this. We're going to just jump up and let him shoot us. Hmm. Anyway, sure enough, out on patrol, that machine gun opened up again. And them two guys threw their rifles down 
jumped up, went to running right towards the gun, jumping up and down, hollering and screaming and waving their arms. The gooks jumped up and ran off, <laughs> left the machine gun, left their grenades, left left everything. Oh. And I just I couldn't believe it. I said, you know, yeah. but. They were scared too. Well, that's it, <laughs> you know. And yeah, I think that's where in, isn't it in the, in World War One? who what was it? Why can't I? World War Two with Germany. Mm-hmm. That's where we got the name, nickname Devil Dogs. No, that's one. Oh, World War One. Okay, yeah, okay. In the Bella Woods. Yes, but the, yeah. So just scary. Yeah, they just <laughs> Germans said they they fought like devil dogs. <laughs> but yeah, that's what I imagine. These two just coming running at you, screaming and hollering. I'd be yeah, scared to I death. Mean, it's you know you do you do. Stupid stuff. Yeah. Uh, said, uh, Did they get medals for that? As the last I knew, you know, they they was put up for the silver star. Okay. But you know whether they got that or not, right? Because I'd got you know after we got back to the rear, mm-hmm. and I got malaria mm-hmm. and sent out of the bush. I never went back. Yeah. So I never never knew anything. Right. You know. Yeah. You never talked to them again? No. No wonder. Well, I never did talk to them. I mean, that yeah. was just yeah. what you seen. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because that was one thing. You didn't make friends over there. Because, mm-hmm. boy, it, you talk about hurt yeah. when you had a friend that was killed or wounded. Hit, yeah. So you just didn't. You didn't get too close. Yeah. Yeah. I had that one. We went through boot camp, ITR, Bits Battalion, went over. Got assigned to the same battalion, put in machine guns. Hmm. He was on one team and I was on the other team and was up at Quezon mm-hmm. and, you know, hadn't seen him. I knew he got hit that day, but it was 35 years later. I finally met back up with him. Oh I belonged to the one nine uh, newspaper. Yeah. And I seen his name in that paper. So I called him, and sure enough, it was old Greenwood. Hmm. And we visited, you know, two or three times. Hmm. And uh, I didn't know it, but he got hit coming over to see me. He was just going to come over and visit. Oh, wow. He got hit. He got a million-dollar wound. Oh, wow. So he sent back to the States. Okay. And that's where he stayed until 35 years later? Yeah. Wow. And, yeah, I guess it's completely different times you didn't have texting and no. facebook <laughs> and whatnot so yeah no. you just didn't talk that's you it just didn't know what didn't happened know what happened to him wow I you mean, would have never known that he was trying to come yeah well when first time we met we was talking he said well john do you know that's why i got hit i was coming to see you oh wow. i said well make me feel good Greenway. <laughs> yeah god i would ball my eyes out knowing yeah that. <laughs> we had we got a lot of guys hurt that day really that was bad. our platoon commander was killed Really? Uh, it got the whole CP, really. Oh. I mean, they was dropping 81 mortars in on us. And, oh. and old Greenwood said, uh, he said, when I, I started to cross the open area, and he said, I heard that helicopter coming over because they told you not to ever be out in the open hmm. when the, you oh, know, because yeah. the sound, you mm. couldn't hear the tube pop. Mm. So anyway, he said, I heard that helicopter and I thought, oh God, 
Yeah. And he said, wasn't two seconds later and that round hit. Right. That was the day that you, I think I barely remember you talking about that day where it was just nonstop raining. That was, uh, now that was a couple days before. That's when they was getting ready to make a big Din Bin Few. They was going (laughs) to, they threw in 5,000 artillery rounds. One right after another, boy, just constant, just. And talk about working on your nerves. Yeah. That's, that is scary. They put uh, sea ration cans on the end of the round. Uh-huh. I don't know if you've ever seen a 175 round. Uh-uh. It's got a loop where the crane would pick them up. Okay. You know, it had a, man, a sea ration can would fit right down over that. Huh. And you talk about scream. Yeah. Boy, that thing would scream and sound like a, Thousand women screaming oh. to high heaven, mm. and just five thousand of them just yeah. coming in. Oh man! After, God. At the end of the day, he was going to be a little. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, yeah, I can't, I can't even imagine that. But it's yeah. I think another point in the book that this guy's met really really exposing is how the higher ups, the colonels and they just didn't really care for the young Marines. Well, I, I, I don't really, you know, like I said, I never was around them. Right. Uh, and I know, uh, I met our division general at one time and, and he seemed like, a that he was, he was intent on, he wanted that war to end too. Yeah. And by George, we went up and that's why we was up in the DMZ. Nobody is supposed to have been up there, mm-hmm. but that's how we wound up there. He took mm-hmm. the whole division and Okay. And it was, I mean, we blew up ammo dump after ammo dump after mm-hmm. ammo dump. They wasn't supposed to be up there either, mm-hmm. but they were stockpiling yeah. to sweep down and kick our butts. They talk about that in this book too. Yeah. It's a, uh, didn't do them any good. We blew all their shit up. Yeah. So. Good. It's a, uh, but yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah. I think in this book, he's, he's kind of just making the point that at least I think it's Colonel Simpson. He just sounds like he's just, he's trying to get promoted. He wants well, to go on. We had, we had a captain of our company and, he was a glory hound, mm-hmm. you know, but he glory got hound. killed up in Quezon, too. So. Oh, did he? Yeah. Man, a cap- captain. Well. Captain Schaefer. Well, it, it got the captain. It got the gunny. It got the radio man. Hmm. Uh, it, because they all come out of their bunker. Yeah. You know, when our lieutenant got hit, uh, everybody was crazy. And that's when you're supposed to stay in your yeah. hole is when their incoming uh-huh. i know you you got to get to the wounded but the way i looked at that that's corman's job that's, <laughs> right. that's not my job said <laughs> it sex me you doc <laughs> <laughs> that's crazy but yeah it's but yeah there's a lot of them wanted medals it's like when my machine gun uh was caught in that u-shaped ambush and our lieutenant wrote my gun team up for a uh, bronze star mm. and the captain said that was our job you know mm-hmm. and 
I just told our lieutenant, I said, Lieutenant, I'll never do our job, my job again. Because <laughs> that was not, they, right. they ran off and left us out there. Oh, really? Yeah. And that wasn't a machine gun's job. Our machine gun's job is to set up a base of fire while they pull back. Yeah. And then they set up a base of fire for the gun. Mm-hmm. Well, so much for that. They just kept going to the back. <laughs> so we was we was trapped like rats. Jeez. And said, but anyway. Was I, that the ambush? Yeah. That was? Yeah. 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 We was we was trapped. So anyway, mm-hmm. like I said, the grace of God, mm-hmm. that's what got us out. Right. Because we was out of ammo. I had one hand grenade and, right. and, and uh, 75 rounds of gun ammo, and that was it. Right. So and I was about to end it all for, for me anyway. Yeah. And that's when God spoke to me. He said, I'll get you out of here. Yeah. He said, don't worry, my son. He said, you're going to be all right. Yeah. And then, and got out. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's why, you know, people shouldn't worry about anything. Mm-hmm. Well, if you got God in your life, you shouldn't worry about anything. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just, you know, can't picture not not having Him involved in my life. Yeah. And I, you know, when I was younger. I would do things that knew I shouldn't be doing. and mm-hmm. But because we're human. Yeah. <laughs> he made me a promise and he don't break promises yeah. like we do. Right. I know. I said, well, so I got a lot to make up to him. <laughs> I think you've done. I think you've done enough. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, yeah. Okay. Is that it? I think so. I mean, have you got enough? I think that's good enough for me right now. Well, <laughs> I know probably most people will say, what is he even talking about? But <laughs> well, if they I have guarantee, any... I guarantee you Vietnam veterans will know what to talk to about. Right, yeah. Well, if anyone does have any questions, I have an email. Most of you all know how to contact me anyways. And if there are questions, then I might be able to talk him into a part two where we just ask him <laughs> questions. Yeah. <laughs> clear some of this up but yeah i think for the most part that's what i wanted to talk about so do you have to say this is bruce west signing off (laughs) no but i will (laughs) this is papal and brooks with signing off thank you all for listening we love you we'll talk to you soon and goodbye